Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you for enriching us with your presence and calling us to take you as serious as anything that we can take serious upon this earth. That your priority and your preeminence and your lordship and your majesty would be worthy of honor, praise, that we give you all our strength and our abilities to glorify your name upon the earth, Lord. Tonight, as we gather on Wednesday night to seek your face and receive your word, we pray, Lord, that it would not just be an ordinary night, but that tonight would be a night of consideration, that we might consider where we are with you and our desire to please you and that there not be any excuses and any lapse in our devotion and consecration, our looking for you and seeking you in all our ways. We pray that you open up our eyes and let us see how this is to be a progressive growth and increase, Lord. We give you thanks for your word that is a lamp unto our feet, engages us in these matters so that we know where we're at. And let us not fall asleep. Let us be alert, even all the more as you are coming soon, Lord. Your, your coming, your, your return is so imminent upon the earth. We pray that we would be instruments in your hands, vessels of honors that we might be ministers of your righteousness and love and that we might be the reality and the substance of those that are surrendered at the feet of Jesus. Prosper your word in the hearts of your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I still remember being young enough where our parents were concerned if we were going to grow or not. And they would mark in our elementary ages they would mark us against the wall they would pull out the ruler at one point uh, at the orthodontist the orthodontist would take x-rays of a bone that was to grow and that would determine our height and I never understood how bad the concern was on our parents that we would be short people or that we would not progress to, to taller uh, levels but as we read through the Bible, we see that God is also considered with that same issue. And that the progression of our faith, uh, if we go to Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of the biblical text says that there was a disproportionate existence in our development. To such a degree that the concern was that we would not get to where God wanted us to be. And so there it is in Hebrews chapter 5 in verse 12. The words are said like this, for though by this time, by this time, We know time to be the measure 
over a period, by this time, you ought to be teaching this stuff. For though by this time, you ought to be teaching, you need someone to teach you again. If you're a school teacher, you know that you employ much effort trying to teach your children, uh, their students, how to learn the alphabet. I, I still remember, it was so fascinating to me how my uh, first grade teacher would teach us the alphabet. Um, and, and every day we would learn a different letter. How many still remember? Every day was a different letter. And it was fascinating. So you got to write the letter also. Not only did you learn it, and usually the letter accompanied an, uh, a visual. So A, you saw an apple. And so you knew that A concerned, if you're going to ever write the letter, the word apple, you had to learn A. And, and so every day was progressive. And, and I thought it was fascinating. And that whole process of language was, was foreign until I saw the teacher put it up on the board and give examples and learn songs and all the matter of the implementations that go through to learn and to teach. Um, to me, it was a fascinating experience. But then imagine having lost all that information and starting out in zero again. And so this is what the biblical text is reminding us here that by now you've already been taught and you should be teaching someone else. You need someone to teach you again and remind you those first principles of God's word. The oracles are the manifestations of what comes out of God. So that's what we're learning. Uh, all these things are spiritually inclined. Um, there are people that have no clue who to pray to, when to pray, how to pray. Um, we have come to know all these things, and, and we've said that the power of prayer, what's, what's the most powerful thing about prayer? That God is listening, and we know that if God is listening, he answers prayer. So it's fascinating for those that pray. And I'm, I'm, I'll tell you that, that my serious concern um, with regards to where we're at this year in faith and in the development of the increase and the prosperity God has given us, um, I, I want to pray more intensely. I, I, want, I want to be able to not only personally in my life, which is a daily practice, but I, I want to see corporate prayer. I, I want to see that what God says about this house is true. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And that we use this not only to come and to praise and to celebrate and to sing to the Lord, but that each one of us might say, Pastor, if you allow me uh, Monday, I got some time off from 11 to 12. I want that hour and I'm going to come to church and I'm just going to make myself available to pray with the brothers of the church. And then somebody will say, Pastor, I want to come at 3 o'clock on Monday and pray. And Pastor, I want to come Tuesday at, at between 6 and 7 and that's the time I want to have prayer and have continual prayer in the house of God. Each one of us manning that responsibility because I believe that that, that is a direction of humility. If my people humble themselves and pray, well, what happens when we're not praying? 
there's an expression of self-sufficiency. Like I could do it on my own. I don't need prayer. Sometimes um, with what I hear all day long, you guys know, right? With what we hear, the things that come to the house of God, th this is motive for 24 hours, seven days a week prayer. How many say amen? amen. And so who's going to pray if the church is not praying? And what did we say the power of prayer is that when we pray, God answers prayer. So we'll see a lot more of an expression of the miracles of God upon the earth. Um, prayer not only to resolve our issues of distress, but prayers for increased revelation of where God wants us. Because a lot, a lot of times prayer is like a light that shines ahead of us. So it's a lot of times we're not getting ahead because we're not praying. We're not seeing ahead of what God wants. And, and then the, the limitations of what's happening in our lives. He says, you pray and don't receive what you're praying for because you're praying selfishly. You're praying for your own wants. And, and that, that becomes the primary thought of people's prayer. But when, when Job had prayed for his friends, God gave him double. So when you're praying for other people, God is advancing you. And when you're praying for other families, and this is, this is the crisis that I see every time a savior marriage, and this, this week like five people have called savior marriage, and they're in crisis of prayer. The question I have for them, and it's just like right there on my lips, is saying, let me ask you a question. Do you care about anybody else's family who's going through the same thing? And what's the answer to that? No, I care about my family. And, and so if you're not concerned about other people's crisis, could be that, that you're not, your, your crisis is not up there before God. Um, so here he's saying, for though by now you ought to be teachers, you sh should have some progression. You have retrograded. You, you, you're going on reverse, man. You're walking backwards. You need someone else to teach you, to remind you what those first principles are of the oracles of God are. And you have come, these progression is not only in levels of learning and development, but levels of nutrition. You are feeding off of milk and you've stopped feeding off of solid food. There's nothing more shameful than an adult who's still drinking out of the milk bottle. And, and this generation has made fun of it. You'll see that they have all types of candies that are pacifiers. And, and, and you know, they, they go around making fun of the fact that they haven't developed. Um, if you see there, the next verse, 13, you're not, you're, you have come to need milk. You're on the baby bottle and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk um, is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe and verse 14 says solid food belongs to those who are mature in their age because now they've already have used their reason to exercise and know and are able to distinguish between 
that which is good and evil. That means that, that now our preference no longer is walking in a realm that is opposite of God. Now, now we are determined. Um, some of the, the conversations that end up in my office um, are conversations of people that have newly have come to the gospel recently and their conversations are to afford some type of instrumentalities and ideas of how to go forward. And, and I find myself um, like new recruits that are going into the office of a general and they're giving him the game plan how to fight the battles. And so you see the difference between a new recruit and you see the difference between somebody who for 32 years it has fought tooth and nail to advance the purpose of God. So we don't tolerate anymore. Uh, again, it, it, it is an exercise that requires patience. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday that once you learn the alphabet, the next phenomenal thing and we see it in these days with our kids, uh, not our children, but the children that are here at church, that they start joining spelling bees and they go up to state and they compete because it's not letters anymore, it's words. And, and words were fascinating also in that construction time of putting letters together. And I used to love letter, uh, words that had two S's on them. Whatever had two S's, it would like freak me out. I was like, man, two of these going side by side. I was like, yeah. I get to put two S's together, two T's. I was, I was blown away by doubling up those letters. Whatever word had, had double letters in them, that, that those were like, wow, I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm putting these two letters together. Woo, hot. And guess what? After you learn your alphabet, you learn words, and then you put these words together and they make sentences. And now you're booking, baby. Now, now you're writing a whole sentence. And you know, that's where I messed up. I couldn't write sentences. And so the, you teachers that know about that, um, my sentences did not make any sense. So when you're writing a sentence that doesn't make sense, do we have a school teacher here? What's that called? A fragment sentence, very good. So my teachers began from middle school and, and my parents' separation and divorce caused me to really not pay attention in school. Um, so during that time, I was the king of fragment sentences. That means that you start a thought and you don't finish it. The bear went into the woods and then and now we just go to the next sentence. And the bird came out of this, and I wouldn't finish my thoughts. So when you can't finish a sentence, and you sit there through high school, I didn't write many sentences in high school. Barely went to school. And then in college, my, you know, I don't know even how I got to college, but when I went to Miami-Dade uh, as a deviant learner, 
they called me a, it was almost like, like you get into college, but you're on probation already. You're not in, you're, you are in some special program because you, my friend, have not learned how to write a sentence. And so these college professors would put on my paper all the time, F-S, F-S, F-S. And I, I could, what the heck is an F and an S? But if you're a teacher, you don't want to write fragment sentence, so you abbreviate it F, fragment, sentence. And all throughout my paper, and then at the end of the, the, the exercise, F for failure, failed. And so I, I, I failed my whole first year because the professor never took the time to tell me that my sentences were incomplete. Now, when you're trying to teach someone how to learn and how to thrive in an atmosphere of progression, it's super sad to deal with someone like that. As someone who has no appetite for learning, someone who doesn't pay attention, someone who doesn't advance, and, and I, I, I saw my, I took that English course three times. Um, and my, my, my college professor with tears in his eyes, frustrated, said, Molina, you are not cut out for this atmosphere. You will never learn. What do you think you're going to do with your life? And I said, I'm going to become a lawyer. He goes, no, you're not. You're not going to be there. You're never, never, you're not, you don't have the academic acumen. That I learned afterwards. <laughs> you're not going to make it. And so... We each individually have to ask ourselves, where are we at when the Spirit of God is trying to teach us to grow in the affairs of this kingdom? Where are we? And so Paul is writing to these people, and, and you'll see the expression of his concern, but if you go, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, Paul is really so upset as a teacher that, that he sees the mess. He sees all the mess that's going on in the Corinthian church, which I always, when I want to get consoled, I go over to the Corinth, letters of Corinthians and and I read these letters because it consoles me that this church was so twisted. It was so um, out of order and, and so not with the program. Um, look what he says in 1 Corinthians 1.14. We, we just had a baptism. It was glorious on Sunday. But look what Paul says. I thank God that I baptized none of you. <laughs> He's saying, I'm, th I'm thankful that I'm not your teacher. Listen, 
I have never said that to anybody I've ever taught in the Lord. I'm glad I wasn't your pastor. But Paul was at the level that he was, he was trying to bring these people to where God wanted them to be, and they kept on acting super against the Spirit of God in their lives. So he, I, I don't know if he's even going to get in trouble for this up there. I thank God that I was not a part of your spiritual development so that you can't blame me when you get there before God. I thank God, uh, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. So the, what, what is the issue? The issue is there in chapter 3. And we said this on Sunday, verse 1. I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Chapter 3, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. Paul says, when I got to class and I started trying to teach a, a more serious involvement in spiritual things, I couldn't speak to you because you weren't there. It was like walking into kindergarten as to babes in Christ. You, you know the, the feeling when you're dealing with a baby? You go, go, and I can't, I can't do anything serious with you because you're like a, a baby. And, and for real, he says, verse 2, the only thing I could produce is milk. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For even till to now, you were unable to receive it. Even now, you are still not able. So in that regard, he's talking about different developmental levels in the progression of their maturity. So we go back to Hebrews chapter 5, and he says, though, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the principal lessons. In chapter 6, verse 1 of Hebrews, he says, Therefore, because your condition is that you're not progressing forward, understand this, that it's not until you leave the elementary principles of Christ can you go on to perfection. Leaving the elementary, you cannot go on to high school and college. If, if you're not pursuing the seriousness of going on to fulfill your calling to maturity, let us go on to perfection. Verse 3, he says, and we will do this if God permits. God is not going to allow you to go to high school and to college when you're still acting like you're in elementary. God is not going to feed you the heavier stuff that he has for you until you have an appetite for these things. And if you are able to understand the progression of your calling, and this is where it comes down to, this is, this is an individual race, but, but our calling 
to take it serious, God will give us our certificate. He will permit. Uh, those of you that are in the construction industry know that if you don't get a permit, you can't go to the next part of the construction. So your foundation has to have a permit, and then the walls have to have a permit, and then the roof has to have a permit. And we're going through that right now. And, and it's not until you get a permit that you're able to develop the next thing. I, I want to tell you something. Um, do not postpone laying the foundation. And he says it there in verse 2 that the foundation of a Christian walk is understanding why God wants us to get baptized, understanding why God wants us to know the impartation of laying on of hands, why he wants us to know what the resurrection and the order of resurrections are, and why he wants us to know when we stand before him what's going to happen. All these things are basic principles of our Christian faith. That's why the, the writer of Hebrews lays it out there. Verse 1 says, let us therefore leave the discussion of elementary teachings. Let us go on to graduate, not laying again foundational stuff like repentance, dead works, faith towards God. And then verse 2, he has the list of baptisms, laying on of hands. This is all elementary stuff. And we'll never get to verse 3 which is God permitting us to go on to perfection until we lay a foundation. So these progressive steps, and they're not theological. Please don't, don't think that this has to do with mental burning of cells. I thank God. How many, how many thank God that the Lord, if there's one thing he's done well, is to communicate with us? Imagine... Uh, coming down from from eternity and and you're like what and he's talking a language that's an alien language that you don't know he he's talking to your spirit because you're not going to be an orphan i'm going to send my spirit and you're going to be able to respond dad you're going to connect with my spirit and you're going to be led by my spirit so you're no longer orphans you're no longer without direction that's what the word orphan means you don't want to be a prodigal son, which is I'm going to move far away from my father. No, I'm going to move close to dad. I'm going to hear his heartbeat. Lord, what do you want me to do now? And I want to do what you want me to do because I'm your son. And I want to please you. And this is not about religion. It's not about theology. It's all this stuff that we're listening to tonight. This is not theological. Second Peter 1.5 2 Peter 1.5, he says, for this reason, because God wants to take you to a progressive level. How many, how many understand that God is not satisfied with you knowing the Christian alphabet, theological understanding of God at the alphabet level, nor words, nor sentences. I was telling the person, I, even this afternoon, first, the ABCs, and those are fun, especially when they go with the song. Then words. Words are fun when you're competing at spelling bees. Then sentences is putting words together and they mean something. Then paragraphs. Then chapters. Then books. And you're able to learn and grow and expand. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It is, it is 
delicious. It is tasteful to be able to um, move in, in this limited realm of, of learning letters, words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters. Th- those things are great. Um, because I didn't know how to write sentences and because reading was difficult to me, I hated reading. I couldn't stand it. It's like so, it's like I don't know how to read. But when I learn how to read, those of you that know, I'm a bookman. I'm reading five books at the same time. I read in the morning, I read in the afternoon, I read at nighttime. My wife is like, go to sleep already, because I'm reading. And, and even though the, during my studying years of, of law school, I would tell my wife, you see what I'm doing right now? She's like, yeah, get to bed already. I said, no, this is the glory of God. I didn't know how to read. And now I'm reading 300 pages a night. And so you're opened up into that. Now that's learning. The spiritual realm is the same. When you grow spiritually, you have this connect with God, que es delicioso. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that God is good. It's something that is like so refreshing to, to be outside of his presence, outside of the stature. Uh, this thing about milk, yeah, milk is good. And I had bottles of milk. But man, you should try a real meal. You should try a real meal so that you can see how good it is. And so spiritually the same thing. And he says, for this reason, give all you can to add to your faith an element of virtue. So, so this, this begins the progressive step. And we're not going to go through all this just to, just to show you that in this progression, you go from faith to excellence. We, we talked about excellence on, we talked about excellence on Sunday. How many people were here? Like, man, pastor's on fire. I'm not on fire. The kingdom of God is fire. I'm not on fire. I want to get up and fire more. I want to blaze in the presence of God. And so it's not going to be any, how many, how many know the stale bread is not God's favorite, right? Lukewarm. What's God do with lukewarm Christians? Absolutely. Listen, I don't know. Okay, so if, if this is, is the realm of cold, and I got to know the Lord a little bit, and I got hot, but then I came back, and I, I'm here, and I'm, I got one foot in the Lord, one foot in the world. And, and the Lord comes and he scrutinizes me. Like, like David says, Lord, examine me from head to toe and find out if there's any worldliness in me. You're going through that, that airport. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 Brother, what are you trying to bring into my kingdom? There's worldliness in you. What is, it, what is it you're doing? I, I was able to get to this point with this transvestite this afternoon. I said, listen, you're 31, and I introduced him to Gerardo, and Gerardo's going to have a, a boy. He's going to have a, a son. Not that she's pregnant yet. Don't get excited. But I said, this man's going to have a son, and when his son looks at you, 
trying to figure out what a man is, what you're doing is a huge injustice. You have no right to trample a child. So he agreed. He says, all right, I got you. I got you. I, got, I know what you're doing. Now I'm almost sure that, it, you know, if, if this man had men around his life, he, he'd, he'd be the glory of God also. He'd be just as, as strong and as solid. There's your head out back there. Um, but I told him, I said, it would be an injustice for you to, to, to look like a woman and call yourself a man. And then this, he would have a son and looking at you and he'd say, Dad, I'm confused. You have no right to do that. That's not what God, God wants you to be a prince so that his son could see what a real man is. And then he, he began to talk about how his dad ruined him. His dad marked him hard in the opposite direction. And, and so this thing about adding to your faith virtue. What we did on Sunday was just that. What we did on Sunday was talk about Christianity is not ordinary living. Christianity blows the lights out in this world with respect to twisted and, and ungodly and, and things that are inappropriate. There could be no question. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible delineates it or expresses it in its, in its illustration that the difference between light and darkness. There is no darkness in God. So you, you don't even have to look a little bit like the world. There's nothing like that. When people see God, they freak out because of the, the, the brightness of his glory. And excellence is just that. We saw that on Sunday, that, that every thought, every word, every action far surpassed the Bible says that Daniel was 10 times more wise. Um, he, 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 he moved in the realm of excellence. He was distinguished. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that verse that we touched upon in Daniel. Um, we're going to go to it right now. Only because I want you to, to not be compromising the excellence of the Lord. What's that mean? That you're to be as excellent as anybody has ever seen in this world. You're to define that, that realm. And that was in Daniel chapter... I'll get it for you guys now. He was distinguished by his appetite for excellence. When they wanted to, to yeah, it's Daniel 6.3. When they wanted him to compromise and to participate with the king's portion, he says, no, I have another appetite and I don't eat. He says, and Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the princesses because of an excellent spirit that was in him. And so the king gave thought to giving him 
So since you are in the realm of distinguishing yourself with a spirit of excellence, you, my friend, get to tell everyone what's going on because I want my whole kingdom to reflect that glory. So to get there, progression is the way. And, and there, 2 Peter 1.5 says, give, add to your faith virtue. And I tell you, some people are upset because I would call them to excellence. But, but one of the things that I say is, who told you otherwise? Who told you that we're not to be on our best game? So we're not to look anything like this world because this world is a little bit twisted, a lot twisted. And so here Peter says, give all diligence to add faith, to add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. And so he keeps on moving into this realm of progressive growth now the, the one thing about the church which is so incredible um, those of you who have come to the church in the last two months get on get please stand up have you been here for two months or less there's one jose this is gentleman here what's your name again george gregory stand up leandro you've been here a little bit right Stand up, stay standing up. I want you guys to turn around and look at all the men that are here. And these men that are sitting down are guys that got here maybe six months ago or a year. And these gentlemen, two of which got baptized, right? Two got baptized. Um, what are we going to offer them? The gentleman back there, thank you for standing up. What, what type of Christianity are we going to offer them? Cheesy? Christianity, circus Christianity. See, the only hope for their per pursuing excellence is that they would imitate those who already have faith, they have just come to faith, and to add virtue, and that's you, my friend. They need to see the reality of what Christianity is. And so each one of us in our Dealings, they're going to know fast like this. You guys are going to know what the cheesy Christians are. You guys are going to know what the circus Christians are. They look like clowns. They don't take God serious. They're, they're all show and no substance. And, and we have no right. Just like I told the transgression is not one of excellence. We're trampling these, these guys. They don't have time to play games. They don't have time to play church. They want the reality of the progress to heal and to build all that God has for them. I says, brother, you know something? You've been missing class a lot. I think, I think you're a little bit of clown here. You're playing a little bit with me. The class clown. Everything was a joke. Nothing serious. And so, add to your faith virtue, which is obviously when, when wisdom. But after you've been a Christian for 10 years, you muddle the waters. There's one of the verses. Altar. 25:26. The righteous man who falters is like a murky spring and a what what does that mean? And it is not good for drinking and you can't see and you're like, I used to drink. A righteous man who is not walking properly. What's our name? Spring of life, right? If the water's all murky. 
In some circles of South America where we go in Central America, they say, be careful, don't drink out of the in the river. Some people are taking their church, and, and that's not what's to happen these things, and, and be able to be toilet trained. But what do you do with a fifth grader who still wants to go on his pants? Huge disability. And so here it is when, when these things, whoever lacks the, if you have progression in your life, if you will never be barren nor unfruitful as you grow in Jesus, manifest reality. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these things of progressive growth is short-sighted and from his old sins. He's in verse 12, I want to remind you of these things that you might know the truth when you have them. Said, I'm moving forward. Philippians 3, closer to the things that God wants. I want to live like God wants me to live. I want to learn my letters. I want to be that which Christ writes upon this earth. In fact, much um, time outside of this environment, yet indeed I also am behind. I might get to the excellence of what the Lord wants to teach me. We're going through. The men are going to learn how to suffer well. Why? Suffering. And so we glory in tribulation of growing. And this is the part of learning that I might not have mentioned. I, I didn't want to turn in a paper in law school at the, and tell and have the professor. You are just a genius. Nothing is wrong with what you're doing. Guess what? Intense scrutiny. Why? If I'm a bad lawyer, they will go to prison. So the higher the responsibility, the more intense my Why? Because they were busting my chops. And you, this has to be like that. And I'm like, you know something? I'd rather... Never tell me that anything I do is wrong. Like your mom and you're 50, you better repent. You better be thinking like your dad. There's such degree of suffering that he might learn obedience. You're running from God's desire. So I'm just going to leave it there at this level with, with, with this last. I, I have people that don't receive my preachings. They're like, God's word. As people stronger. Why are you going to get upset because I'm calling you to be a higher expression of God's excellence? How, how disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying any sufferings of tribulation. This is not a place for softy. This is not a place for softy. You need to suffer practicing law. I thank the Lord and, and I was thankful to put me through the grind. So that it, lion, what beast, what octopus would come, God does. He says, I fought the lion, I fought the bear, and now I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and listen. If somebody, not me, it's not me. That's not the spirit. Is I can do all things through Christ. Let's ask the ushers to come here and prepare for the Lord's Supper. Two thoughts before we share the the first thought is upon the earth how many have that clear 
He wants it. We know that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So, so the world, they know the world. Because they're not in the kingdom of God. You are the person that he wants to bring to that level. And we're not. All we do is go to the movies. All we do is want to go and, and be like little Wayne dog and humpty dumpty and all the, in the mix at such a level with the glory of this world. They want, they want. And so this is why, okay, we've said the first part is that the kingdom needs people that have to make this a reality. Realm, you'll see people are more in hell and high water and they'll bring 50 friends to their craziness. Nothing to show up to because we're the first ones that don't show up. I, I want to, I want to publish that before the year finishes. Congregation that prays. I want to establish that. That our communicating with God about the, the, the distinct teach us how to pray. Whenever there was problems in the house, we ran to an accountant, a lawyer. It was beautiful to, to spend time in his presence. And, and we're, we're going to church as the year finishes. Let's stand tonight. And you could just say, thank you, Jesus, for your table. And thank you for the life that is grace us, O oh God. Tonight we bless perfect sacrifice in Christ. We give you thanks that it is a privilege and an honor to be seated and have that you have obtained for us by what this Father God allow us to shine bright and manifest glory, O oh God, living like you want us to live in our generation, O oh God so that people might come to the light of your glory.